Welcome to the Flourish Conference podcast. Each spring, women from all over the country gather together at our annual conference to learn, grow, and flourish together as a community. Here is the recording from one of our sessions at our 2023 conference. I'm going to start off with prayer. Oh, Jesus. I am already crying. Here we go. I never imagined myself to be up here, Lord. And I thank you for this opportunity and this honor. And Lord, I just pray that right now you would open our hearts and our minds for whatever you have for us, God. We would cast off any fear or anxiety, judgments or assumptions. Lord, shame. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Lord, I ask that you use me as a vessel to speak none of my agenda, but only yours. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. No, you're fine. Take your time. Okay. I'm up here not because I've done purity right, but because I've done it wrong so many times. I have walked through deep shame, consequences of rebellion, rocky relationships, divorce, and depression. I became so desperate to escape my pain that finally... After 30 years of attempting to fulfill my own desires and failing miserably, I cried out to God on a cold February night on my living room floor and I surrendered my life to him. This was three years ago. I'm not the same person I was then. Today my hope is that my story, my stories and the strategies I've implemented along the way will open your eyes to spiritual truth set you free, and draw you closer to God. I believe that only a heart reconciled and transformed by God's love can win the battle of purity. It's okay. Endless grace. If someone had asked me what purity was in my young 20s, I would have said not having sex. But purity is so much more than our sexuality. When we compromise our purity sexually, whether it's masturbation, sexting, pornography, I'm just going to go there, it bleeds into other areas of our life. Purity is operating out of a heart that honors God. Where desire to be holy flows into every aspect, whether we're in traffic, my issue, um, shopping, or we're at work with people who are not saved. As women, we were programmed for intimacy. Biblically, we were put on this earth to give men the ability to connect to bond to someone. Do you realize that through childbearing, men's testosterone levels actually drop, making them more patient and sensitive to their child's <clears throat> needs? We take big, strong men and we make them daddies. Mm. I love that. <laughs> In marriage, sex becomes a spiritual, holy weapon used to draw the hearts of a husband and wife together. It is life-giving and immensely powerful. But before any of that can happen, we need to set our hearts on purity and be a woman chasing after God and not a man. Because that's when you do it all wrong. The devil wants you as far from God's design for marriage as possible. He'll convince you that his ways will fulfill your desires. He'll confuse you and he'll isolate you, manipulating your thoughts and emotions all along the way. And along this path, he'll say a treasure is at the end. And then when you finally have fallen into the pit he's dug, he'll shame you and he'll condemn you. And he'll tell you that, 
Hope is not possible. You're never going to get out of this. Maybe you've walked this path with the devil before, or maybe you're walking it right now. But it's not just about changing our behavior. It's about getting to the root of the lie that feeds this behavior. We need to undo the false identities we're walking in. Genesis 127 says we are made in the image of God. Our holy, patient, pure, steadfast God made us with specific desires and passions of our heart and skills for a unique call on our lives. So God knits us together for the specific call and right when we're about to make our grand entrance into the world, you devil in his kingdom of darkness, who wants nothing more than to destroy your call, convince you that you are nothing close to who God called you to be, and that the gifts he's given you aren't really yours. You're not really worthy of them. And of course, separate you from the knowledge of God's love and goodness. So who am I in God's image? I'm passionate. I'm fiery. I'm an encourager. I'm a warrior. I'm a comforter. But I didn't start there. Now, I love sharing the gritty details of my story to help set women free from isolation and shame. I was born three months early because the devil wanted me dead. To parents who are 20 years old and raised in gangland, gangrand territory in Chicago. Both of them would end up in trouble with the law. My dad would spend five years in prison from the ages I was five to ten, and my mom would be in and out of jail for about 15 years. I'll tell you today, I talk to my parents probably every other day, and I love them deeply. There's no unforgiveness or bitterness I've held on to. But because I wasn't raised with a secure foundation of love, a contradiction of lies was planted in my heart and subsequent behaviors followed. First lie. Any love you think you have will be taken from you, so you better perform, for it, perform to keep it. This led to me sleeping with my boyfriends, eating disorders, partying. Next lie. Women can't be trusted. This led to me having very surface-level friendships with women, putting up walls with my stepmom, and opening up my heart to men who didn't really care about me. Last, you aren't worthy or enough. This is probably the hardest lie it's, I've had to work through to reprogram in my mind and give to the Lord. It led to depression and me constantly comparing myself to other women out of my own self-doubt and insecurities. I have two questions for you. Who did God create you to be? And if you're not sure, maybe ponder, when do you come alive? What are you doing when you're just like, this is so natural. This, this feels right. And then what are the false identities the devil has put on your shoulders, put in your mind? And a good way to recognize this is, I'm sure we all have dreams and you dream, oh, I would love to do this. I'd love to go here. Maybe someday. What are the lies that creep in? You're not smart enough for that. You're never going to get there. God would never call you there. Those are false identities and lies we need to overcome. So after February of 2020, when I cried out to God and fully surrendered before him, I asked for guidance in areas of my life where I really needed to shift. I just need to do things completely differently. He gave me three different strategies. 
I wanted victory as a daughter of God. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say that prior to, but that was the intention. I wanted victory, and I asked the Lord to help me. First, I took myself completely off the market when it came to men. Praise Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I focused strictly on my relationships, my friendships with women. I knew I wasn't healthy enough to be in a relationship, and I didn't want the distraction of a man. I didn't care what they thought of me, and I stopped paying attention to them. Have you hopped from relationship to relationship? Or have you been in codependent relationships knowing you're seeking a validation for value on your life that you haven't gotten from God? And could God possibly be calling you to a period of time where your intimacy is with Him and Him alone? (sighs) Next, as Mary Aguilar said earlier, I felt God encouraging me to utilize the body of Christ. I knew I still had deep mother wounds going on in my heart. And so I asked the Lord, God, will you send me women I can trust, women I can share my story with, who are going to be for me? I found this in my, my pastor's wife, Pastor Marion. Love that woman. Mm-hmm. And I found this in my life group leader at the time. And I told them things I thought I was taking to the grave. And I found such freedom in it. I chose to believe them when they said they loved me and were for me. It's hard to do. If you have mother wounds, if she wasn't there for you, I would encourage you, ask God, Lord, help me find women I can trust, I can open up my heart to who won't hurt me, who won't gossip or judge me or condemn me or shame me. Lord, will you bring them into my life? Your peers are not your best source of wisdom and counsel always. And church wounds are real. So please, don't just open your heart up to anybody. Next, I stopped stuffing my emotions. I undid the lies that said, you are weak if you feel or if you cry. Keep it to yourself. No one cares. I found that processing my emotions and bringing dark areas of my past to light not only brought incredible freedom, but created space for beautiful, trustworthy friendships and deeper intimacy with God. It took me so long not to be ashamed of my emotions. The world tells us women are crazy, right? So I'm feeling too much. I'm probably just another crazy woman. You're not crazy. Do you realize that hearts that feel are hearts that are empathetic and compassionate? We were made by God this way. We don't need to be ashamed of our emotions. If you need to release junk in your heart, bring it to God. God already sees the anger, the pain, the frustration, the loneliness, the sadness. He wants all of it. But it's different if I'm texting you and I say, hey girl, you look beautiful today. I hope you have an awesome day. Versus I'm in person with you and I'm like, girl, you look beautiful today and you're going to have an awesome day and I love you. It's intimate. God wants intimacy with us. He wants you to pour out your heart before him. (sighs) Oh, it feels so good. Okay, last. Um, There was one specific exercise that the Lord walked me through, which is just so miraculous. So I was on this journey of healing, and I realized that there were flashbacks in my life that consistently tormented me. And I was on, it was in my prayer closet where I often spent so much time. 
And I said, Lord, I'm sick of this. I'm trying to understand my value and my identity, but these memories keep coming up. Can you help me with this? And I felt like he said, I want you to write them down. And I wrote down probably 20 memories. And there's a couple specific ones I wanted to mention. Um, Gosh, one night stands, forcing myself to throw up, feeling rejected by my stepmom. All these things, all these deep moments of pain where I was just like, God, I know you call me to be more. I know you love me, but these things keep redefining, trying to overwrite your truth. So I wrote down these lies, and he said, now what was the lie you believed out of it? I'm not enough. I have to prove myself. I have to measure up. No one's for me, blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, now what do I say? And I knew some scripture, but sometimes I was Googling verses about depression, verses about body image. Verses of encouragement. And I read all all these things. They filled up my heart. God is my safe place. He's my shelter. He's never going to leave me alone. I'm an adopted daughter. He's closer than the breath in my mouth. His thoughts for me are more than the sands on the seashore. What? Who says that? What kind of love is that? Oh my gosh, it brought me to life. And that's what he said. He said, I want you to take these truths. That's what I believe about you. Tattoo them on your heart, daughter. And so I'm on my knees in prayer, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, pick them out, pick out the lies. So like this little like fairy in my mind, I go around and I unfile my brain. And I'm just like, this memory and this memory and this memory. And I pictured myself lifting these memories up in my hands. And I said, Lord, they're yours. That's it. I give you permission. I give you access. Take them from me. Holy Spirit, cleanse my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel the pain anymore. Yes. And I will tell you, since then, I have not dealt with those flashbacks. Just a miraculous revelation. Thank you, Lord. You're awesome. I appreciate it. (laughs) So as I healed spiritually, mentally, emotionally, my life path shifted. Sorry, I keep doing that thing on the microphone. Um, I felt this invitation from God to learn what being a daughter truly meant. And I felt my spirit come alive. At one point, Pastor Marion taught a class on, I think, the heart of the kingdom And I sat at a table that's usually back there, and I watched this woman just overflow with the love of God, just be on fire. And it stirred up in me, and I was just like, how do I get that? I want that. I want to be on fire for God. I want to be able to not use my notes and just overflow with the love of the Father. And to be up here now is such a redemptive story. I never imagined. So this is all stirring within me. And I started just studying God's word. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Amplified Version says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted and joined to him by faith in him as a savior, she, I'm going to say she, she is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. I'm going to put a bookmark here because there's times where, I'm sorry, I've got a lot to say, so I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) There's times when I've read this scripture, and you know what this sneaky devil does? He'll come in and he'll be like, well, if you're a new creature and if you're really a daughter, why do you still suck? Why are you still stuck in that same sin pattern? Have you grown at all? Shouldn't you be further along by now? He is a liar and he will mess with you. Don't let the devil mess with you. We are constantly being renewed, constantly being transformed. 
God's not up there with a measuring stick being like, oh, well, that's in last night. Oh, that's in six months ago. I did that for a long time where my value is measured based off of how long it had been since my last slip up. That is not our father's heart. Don't let the devil torment you. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, before there are mountains and trees and beaches and people and animals. God said, man, this daughter, she's going to have this wicked sense of humor and this great personality, and I'm going to give her these passions and these desires. And you know what? She'll be perfect for this call. I'm going to put her right here. I can't wait for her to be born. I'm so excited. Before the foundation of the world, God had that in his mind for you. Do you receive that? Do you believe it? Continuing the verse, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption. He called us daughters before we were even on this earth called his daughters through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Maybe you're familiar with these scriptures. Maybe you can recite them. Maybe you're like, oh, these are at every women's conference. But do you believe them with everything you are? Because there's a big difference. Let's stop playing Christians. Are we daughters? Do we walk in the power of who he says we are? Because when we do, when we realize We are made to be one with the creator of the universe. That Jesus' blood is constantly cleansing our sin. You've had a call in your life since you were created in the womb and that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. It's hard to compromise. You don't return to the same thought patterns that compare yourself to the world or your friends or your coworkers or the pretty women you see on Instagram. You don't weigh your value over whether the guy you've been talking to for two weeks or two months has texted you back yet. Walking in the truth of who God says we are is our greatest weapon and our firmest foundation. Okay, so we know who we're not and we know who we are. But how do we fight the enemy of our souls and how do we maintain victory? We all sin, but I want to ask you guys, what are your sin patterns? What do you tolerate? What are the triggers that cause you to sin? What are the things you've handed over to God and what are the things you're holding back? And do you realize that what you hold back from God, you're handing to the devil? Mm-hmm. I can hear it. I'm not doing that. I'm managing it. God hasn't even asked for that area of my life. The devil's not involved. Do you realize that anything held back from God's holiness is legal grounds for the enemy to take over and conquer? It's dangerous. I'm going to get practical with y'all. I had to burn old photos I had kept, journals I had written for years. I had to stop listening to a lot of Taylor Swift songs in Blink-182. I had to get rid of multiple t-shirts that I had stolen from guys. Why? Because they reminded me of a past life, of a false identity, of a woman with unholy desires who I no longer was. I didn't need to keep reminding myself of someone I wasn't. Let it, I know it's hard. I know, but I loved him so much. We had this amazing relationship and all the memories. And I, what if we, what if we run into each other someday and he's a different man? Maybe it could happen. Stop it. Stop going back through that pattern. 
Yes, 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 yes. Oh, game changer. Next scripture. Next strategy, I should say, in scripture. Take every thought captive. Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. Guys, this needs to be an automatic reflex. I don't care if you're just driving along and you're having a good day and you're worshiping and the enemy comes in and goes, wonder how that ex is of yours. Um, you haven't really lost that weight yet. I don't think they even really like you at work. Like all, all, the, all those stupid lies, all this, this, the, the condemnation, the same, that he's just trying to mess with you. And I tell you, if you crack open the door, you might as well blow it open. That's the access you give him. We have to take those thoughts captive. Devil, I rebuke you. Get out of my car. Get out of my mind. I'm a daughter of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood over myself. Enough. I yell at the devil all the time. Yeah. You bastard. How dare you? Do you know what I've walked through? Stop messing with me. That's the power we have. Use it. Yes. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to say that. Okay. <laughs> We gotta be real. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. In the Greek, world actually means age. Do not conform to the patterns of this age. What's going on in our culture right now? What's going on in TikTok and Instagram and all the craziness in the world? All the cool stuff. I am so far from hip, oh my lord. I can barely operate my fiance's iPad. Oh, do not conform. I understand there's a lot of pressure. But I don't know what's going on on TV. I don't know what's going on in the movies. No, I'm not cool. But I know I'm a daughter and I have complete freedom in Jesus. Do not conform to the pattern of this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We must undo old thought patterns. Purity is a functional trait, but only operational through God's presence and power. We can't do this on our own. Second to last strategy was prayer. I had to learn how to rest in God's love and accept the sanctuary of his presence. Hebrews 4.16 is one of my favorite verses. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Prayer became my sanctuary, my escape. Let me be real with you guys if I haven't been enough. It's driving home from a rough day at work. Man, I could really go for a beer. Oh, man, that sweet wine is on sale at Strax. That sounds real good. Sorry, that's one of our grocery stores around here. The devil would sneak in. Just a little distraction. What's the big deal? We won't get drunk. We'll just, we'll just have a little bit. No, 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 no. I'd go home. I'd throw on my worship music, and I'd fall to my knees. God, I'm stressed out at work. I don't know if I'm doing well. Will you help me, Holy Spirit? Or I'm lying in bed at night, and I'm sad, and I'm lonely. Will I ever meet someone? Well, is he actually going to come? I'm tired of feeling like this. And the devil says, Oh, you can masturbate. You won't be sad and lonely anymore. And in that moment, I have the option to either give in or remember the goodness of my father. And I would force myself to roll out of bed and fall to my knees and just lift my hands up and say, Help me. 
I'm dealing with loneliness. Lord, please just come in. Please come close. Please just come close to my heart. Come rescue me, God. I need your presence. And sometimes it would be a verse, and he'd be like, Romans 8, 5. And I'd be like, I don't know what that is. We're going to check it out, though. Or I would just feel this blanket of the Holy Spirit fall on top of me, and he'd be like, I got you. Right? And then you slowly fall asleep, and then you get back into bed. No shame. It's real, right? Last, the D word, deliverance. A third of Jesus' ministry. If there's a sin pattern you have struggled to shake, if you've been dealing with depression or anxiety, if you are tormented by thoughts of anger, self-loathing, or suicide, you may need to be set free from a demonic spirit that is messing with your heart and your mind. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of deliverance because there's a lot there. But I'm letting you know that Jesus does not want you enslaved to these lies anymore. He came to set the captives free. And I'm also going to say there's a lot of Christians that need deliverance. And that's okay. But you can't be delivered if you're not honest with Jesus. and You're not willing to get those demons off you. Thank you. Okay. We know who we're not. We know who we are. We know how to fight. You could be husband ready. But I'm letting you know your husband will disappoint you. That's why it's often said not to bring expectations into marriage. He may come with a messy past, but you have to be willing to accept his failures and his story. Your husband will not fix you, and you should never be in a relationship where you feel obligated to fix him. That's called codependency. Uh, Been there, done it. Played the game. Didn't win. Brokenness in a man and moments of weakness are very different things. Um, I think it's Mark 10, 6 through 9. I'm going to jump down a little bit. Um, says, what therefore God has joined together, let man not separate. What God has joined together, not what man has joined together. If you're in a godly relationship, I want to ask, has it been confirmed by God or godly men and women around you? Do you have consistent peace? I'm getting married on June 4th. There's a lot going on in my life. Literally just put my home on the market like half hour ago. (laughs) But for the first time, I will be in a holy covenant with a man and not become one flesh with him until he has committed his life to me and mine to his, him as a son and me as a daughter of God. Praise Jesus. (laughs) Thank you. And we've had difficult talks. But there's nothing from my past I'm afraid to bring up with this man. He's never made me feel not good enough, like I have to prove myself, accuse me of not being for him. A godly man will honor you, respect you, and treat you with kindness. As I prepared for this talk, my fiancé said, A man who takes boundaries seriously shows that he is truly prioritizing his relationship with the Lord and his level of maturity. If he condemns you, if he shames you, if he calls you crazy, he ain't a man of God. He ain't prioritizing his relationship with the Lord. I know it's hard to hear, but it's true. Break it off. Sorry. (sighs) Okay. Quickly. Um, Okay. I'm not your father, but I want you to hear this if you've never heard anything close to this. 
You are precious, and your body is sacred territory. There are good men in the world, and there are evil men in the world. And only one man deserves the privilege of the deepest level of intimacy and vulnerability with you as a daughter. You, my sweet girl, are holy and priceless. Protect your heart because you are worthy of a man who is chasing after God and pursuing your love. The women in my family have been promiscuous, divorced, abused, addicted, had children out of wedlock, murdered, stole, and practiced witchcraft. Got a lot going on. I had to make a choice that the sin patterns were going to stop with me. Ladies, our purity is not just about us. When we compromise, it's not just about us. It's about your children and their spouses and your grandchildren. There is such a thing as spiritual DNA. Are you willing to fight for the incredible destiny God has for you, for the blessings he's just waiting to pour out on you? If you would choose to walk in his goodness and his truth with a heart of obedience. He is jealous for your love. Do you realize that? making sure there's nothing I forgot that the Lord wants to communicate. I don't think so. I want to close this out in prayer. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for using me as a vessel. Lord, I pray that as we go into our journaling time, that you would not let us hide from the truth of what's going on in our hearts and our minds, Lord. That if we need to make difficult decisions, that we would. That we would be so sensitive to your voice, Holy Spirit. God, would you come close to us? Would you tear off the layers of lies that we have been walking through and believing in for so long? We love you. We honor you. We thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You can continue to learn, grow, and flourish with us as a community of women by visiting nrpflourish.com. There you will find information on our Facebook group, our weekly Flourish podcast with Penny Tusi, and our 2024 Flourish dates. For more information about NRP and other conferences that we have going on throughout the year, visit nrpastors.com. We can't wait to see you at one of our conferences soon.